0: Welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast, where today's brightest minds in the
1: medical device industry go to get their most useful and actionable insider knowledge, direct from some of the world's leading medical device experts and companies. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a word that you may have a visceral reaction to, Insurance. Yeah, I know. Uh, Sometimes when you hear that word, uh, you may roll your eyes or you may groan. Um, But it is important, uh, especially as a medical device company, you need to make sure that you have the right coverage in place for the type of company you are, for the types of products that you have, and and all these sorts of things. I mean, you got to consider your entire risk profile as as a business, not just the product risk. But, you know, what sort of systems do you have in place? What about reviewing contracts and terms and conditions and all of these sorts of things? So joining me on this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast is Mike Crameans. Mike is the life science leader with Hyland. You can check out more about Hyland by visiting hyland.com, H-Y-L-A-N-T, and enjoy this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast. Of course, wherever you're listening, that's terrific. I keep doing so, but we have video now, so you can watch us as well as we do these episodes. So check it out. We're definitely on YouTube. We have a whole, Greenlight Guru has a whole YouTube channel. There is a playlist dedicated for the Global Medical Device Podcast. We'll be pushing content as well through the LinkedIn and, and all the usual channels Joining me today is Mike Cremines. Mike is with the Highland Group. So, Mike, welcome.
0: Thank you, John. Thrilled to be here. We were just talking off camera a few minutes ago. I think I had the pleasure of being on one of your earliest podcasts. Yeah. I listened to it uh, just the other day, and uh, it was really great. I'm uh, proud to be part of uh, your uh, podcast and now web-
1: webcast. It's awesome. Mm. Thank you so much. I, I remember back... Uh, Gosh, a f- couple of years ago, yep. uh, my some of my colleagues wanted to celebrate episode number 100, and they reached out to you and, and quite a few other folks to record short little snippets. So uh, I don't think I ever thanked you for that, but that was great when you uh, were willing to take some time and record something and send it over. So thank you. i had a blast. No problem at all. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mike, um, I, I guess... Probably a good way to dive in today. I mean, risk management is one of these topics that is certainly prevalent and top of mind for most medical device professionals. I think a lot of time when we think of the term risk management, it's probably, and maybe rightfully so, very product-centric or product-focused, but there is an element of risk uh, that that folks need to think about, especially those uh, smaller and startup companies when it comes to business risk. So maybe take a moment and tell the the audience what you do, Mike.
0: Yeah, I'd be glad to. I believe really in helping my clients solve problems and challenges. i work with several companies. I've been in the uh, highly innovative space, and more specifically, the medical device and med tech space for about 27 years. And what I try to do is help people understand um, how risks affect their businesses. We do a lot of life cycle presentations. As you were um, describing, let's stay within the, either the startup or a growing company um, mode in the med tech space. Um, You know They need to understand what it's like at the next milestone. What kind of contracts are they going to see? What kind of risks are they going to face? How is their business going to um, uh, change? So, so the discussions I have with entrepreneurs at this particular stage are basically not, they're not focused on product. I try to stay at a really high level and look at things on an enterprise risk basis. And by the way, I happen to be in the insurance business. So that's essentially what I
1: do. Try to keep people out of trouble. Okay. Well, I think that's something that, you know, I started a business. Well, I've started a few, but the first business I started way back you know, I knew I had a product that I could offer, knowledge that I could offer, and, and so you know there was there was a need for that, and you know it, it didn't. The thought never crossed my mind. It's like, oh, I probably need to protect myself and my business, and, and frankly, my family through some sort of uh, you know uh, insurance, you know liability, you know, and things of that nature. And, and I think, you know, to kind of complicate it a little bit, when you get into the medical device space, you know, maybe those early days, maybe it's no big deal because, you know, you're only interacting with your team and, 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 you know, maybe you're building some prototypes, but there's a magic moment where, boy, you better have your act together uh, on the business side from a liability side from, from a, that perspective. So what are your thoughts? I mean, when is the, the right time that, that a business owner should start to think about these sorts of things?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. I haven't met a C-level person yet who likes surprises. (laughs) So so after you get through the setting up the company, you get your intellectual property secured, you start making your uh, filings uh, with the FDA, maybe you've got some friends and family that have decided to put their money into the company. So now you step back and say, okay, now I need to grow this thing. That's probably the place that is the best place for me to get engaged. What I'm going to try to do is help people map out where they're headed. What could go wrong? Who's going to be upset at them? What are they going to be upset about? What are the financial damages? You know, what things should you be focused on? I mean, honestly, in my business, there's a lot of risk and insurance professionals that just send out applications to people and say, okay, fill this out and let's go get you some insurance. Well, how can you figure out what they need if, if you haven't asked them about their company and try to really dig in and find out what their passions are, where they're headed, what their culture is, but really try to get engaged at that particular time. That's probably... The, uh, the best uh, time is um, just before they start to get into complicated contracts. Um, and, uh, you know, look, hey, the great news is, and we can celebrate with a favorite beverage that you got FDA approval. Now you all look around and say,
1: all right, how are we going to sell this thing? How are we going to move right. it to next level? Right. Well, I, and I think it's, you know, a lot of startups, uh, especially, are trying to, usually there is an element, way before that FDA clearance or approval or whatever the case may be, where they're wanting to get into like some sort of clinical study, you know, or some sort of investigation. I mean, you mentioned uh, fundraising, um, you know, these, there's all these trigger events I think that that are really important from, from a company perspective to consider, okay, what are my exactly. risks, right? How, how do I manage those risks? Well, that's right. There's,
0: and there's consequences. And And if I could put people in a situation where, okay, when you reach this stage, here's what I think you're going to see. Once you get FDA approval and you start to look at your distribution model, are you gonna go through the group purchasing organizations? Are you gonna go to surgery centers? Are you going to use physician champions to get you into a particular hospital? Are you gonna use independent distributor networks? What's your strategy to actually get these devices sold? And each one of those individual strategies uh, has a different set of contracts, a different set of risks. So we're going, what we're going to try to do is figure out. Okay, you tell me where you're headed. I'm going to help you customize uh, what that assessment looks like and what our recommendations are. Uh, and then that way, you know, honestly, John, I, if, when people tell me, "Hey, I got it." just go do it and leave me alone, then I, I guess I feel like I've done I've done a good job because that's going to enable the CEO to go out there, the CFO, uh, uh, all of the um, folks that are part of the management team actually execute uh, because they know that their risks are identified. They know that things are taken care of um, and, and they can just move on and run their business.
1: Yeah, I, I think there is a, a parallel, you know, like in my personal life, uh, I'll use this as an example. I mean, I mean, most states, probably all these days, require that that a a car owner has uh, auto insurance. You do, and you know for probably obvious reasons. And you hope you never use it, and and you probably are grumbling every time you have to pay an insurance. Oh, absolutely, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then you have health insurance. You know, like a a hotly uh, debated topic. But you know, there again, there are times where you know. It's there for when you need it. Life insurance might be another one of those things. So, so I know from my personal perspective, I have to look about the entire continuum and, and understand, you know, where am I uh, exposed, I guess is a good word. And yeah. do I shore that up, right?
0: And, and John,
1: I think also if, if you take a look at that, let's just stay focused on that,
0: um, that time period where I was talking about where I like to be in, um, first engaged, where we start to have these serious discussions. Contractual liability is probably going to be the largest risk for you. And what I mean by that is, think about a, for those entrepreneurs listening, think about a term sheet. Well, a term sheet not only has terms um, about the the investment, but there's usually two insurance requirements in that uh, term sheet. There's a life insurance requirement, and there's a director's and officer's liability requirement. So a contractor agreement, it created risk for you and it created the need for insurance. You get into some of these and some of those that are listening have, have looked at those 85-page contracts of group purchasing organizations. Yeah. They've looked at how sophisticated these hospital risk management uh, departments are. You got these contracts. There's all kinds of language in here that nobody understands. You know, it's funny. I, I usually say there's three truths in the insurance business. We have our own language. We like to confuse and we're really good at it. <laughs> so when, when you look at these words, you're thinking, ah, primary non-contributory, you know, um, what does general liability, what does cyber mean? What's an umbrella? I don't get all this stuff. Will you just help me interpret it? Help me understand what this is. So, and, 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 you know, think about it, John too. Um, You've got all these jurisdictions within the United States that require the auto insurance that you talked about. Well, all of them are different. Think about a company that wants to go outside, uh, you know, OUS for their uh, perhaps clinical studies or clinical trials. Right. Every single one of those jurisdictions is going to have a local competent authority that has very unique laws or regulations that you must comply with. So, in that particular case, we try to help people anticipate as well. Hey, if you're going to Germany, these are going to be the requirements. If you're going to Sweden, if you're going to even South Africa, it doesn't matter, anywhere around the world, there's going to be certain local laws, customs, regulations that you're going to have to deal with. Um, So uh, it's, 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 again, contractual liability is where I spend most of my time.
1: Okay, so let's learn a little bit more about how you engage and how you help people. So contractual liability, um, uh, term sheet, you mentioned a couple of examples there, but um, let's say I'm early on and I'm I'm prototyping or whatever the case may be, but I'm working with some suppliers and um, maybe I, I've got a contract manufacturer that I, I want to start doing some work with. I should have a contract in place, right? I mean, that makes good sense, right? I I
0: can guarantee you that there's a contract. Those contract manufacturers are becoming much more sophisticated. uh, And and not only the um, services that they offer, but also they're getting a little smarter about what the insurance and indemnification terms look like in those agreements. Um, the prototyping stage is a perfect example, John, of when you're going to be confronted with one of those contracts. And then you look at it and say, OK, what are you guys going to do for me? And when are you going to deliver it? And how are you going to deliver it? And what kind of services are you going to offer? What I do is I say, OK, so what happens in the process if right before you get your prototype developed?" John, I'm a disaster guy. I have to think of these. Right. Their their facility blows up. That's not the time when you want to say, oh, well, you have insurance for that, don't you? Uh, Actually, no. If you look at the contractor agreement, you are supposed to have insurance for that. So it's best to figure out who's responsible for what, what happens in the event of, and those kinds of things, and you, you just have a you have an understanding of if it hits the fan, who's going to be responsible and how can we get back up to where we would have been had we not had some type of a disaster or a loss.
1: All right. So I'm in that situation. Do I do I pick up the phone and call you and say, Hey Mike, uh, I need your help with this? Yeah. Hopefully,
0: what I've done is if if I've met them at that stage where I say to them, do not sign a contract until you talk to that's usually one of the first things I tell people. You know, as we start to map these things out, don't call me after you've signed it and said, hey, Mike, guess what? There's a $10 million requirement for product liability. That's not going to cost me much, is it? That, that's the worst time to have those okay. kinds of discussions. Uh, yeah. So, so I, I think that, again, it's that initial planning stage where we can try to map out where you're headed. That's the perfect situation. But let's say, you know, it happens, John, like it's in the way. And all of a sudden you're confronted with a contract and say, now what do I do? There's no question that I have people calling me um, all the time with, uh, hey, somebody told me, you know, uh, what you're
1: doing. Uh, can you just take a quick peek at, uh, at this contract? Okay. We'll help them sort it out. All right. Folks, I want to take a, a moment to, to take a brief pause. I want to... Remind you all, Greenlight Guru, we have the only medical device success platform on the market today designed specifically and ex- exclusively for the medical device industry by actual medical device professionals. Our customers are all over the globe, ranging from early stage startups to um, lar- very large companies, and they all have one thing in common. They're trying to be more efficient with their, their time, their resources, and to introduce new products into the market to help improve the quality of life. So if you'd like to learn more about the Greenlight Guru medical device success platform, then I would encourage you to go to www.greenlight.guru, learn more about the platform. If you're so inclined, we'd love to have a conversation with you, understand your needs and your requirements, and see if we might have some products and solutions that will meet your needs. Also, while I'm taking this brief pause, I want to remind you that Greenlight Guru also has a brand new academy. In the Greenlight Guru Academy, we have some courses on design controls, on risk management, on regulatory submissions, uh, and so on and so forth. And we're continuing to add new courses uh, throughout uh, so that you know you can have an opportunity to learn a little bit more about a topic maybe you already know something about or maybe one you don't know anything about. Well, we've architected it in a go-at-your-own-pace style so that you can consume and learn something new and exciting about these topics that are important to the medical device industry. I also want to r- remind you all that I'm talking with Mike Trameans. Mike is the life science leader with Hyland. So, Mike, do you mind taking a, f- a few moments and share a little bit more about Highland and how people can contact you and and the the website and those sort of things? Sure, I'd be glad to. Um,
0: John, I have the great fortune of working with an amazing organization. It's essentially a family office that happens to be in the insurance business. Um, Based here in Ohio, uh, about 800 employees, probably by the end of the year, we're gonna be closer to 900 employees. Um, we've done extremely well. Um, it's, it's a family uh, run organization, soon to be, I believe the calculation is fourth generation. There are actually fifth generation people that are working um, from the family in the office. Um, we've got, um, we're, so we're a privately held company, uh, should be privately held for quite some time. And I think that's what really makes it such a great organization because I could pick up the phone and and uh, really have a a substantive great conversation even with uh, the CEO today. Um, It's just a very close knit family, very um, close knit organization. And we got some really uh, smart professionals in various uh, types of businesses uh, that I absolutely love to work with. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of different verticals. And certainly one of those verticals is in the quote unquote life sciences space, which is really FDA regulated companies. And that's the practice that I run for the company. Um, my focus for the last 28 years, again, has really been mostly in the med tech, med device area. But certainly we have a, a lot of other customers that are in that FDA regulated space. John, do you mind if I go um, and, and sort of work off the description of Greenlight Guru for a second? Yeah, sure. You know, um, there, there's a there's Obviously, as as someone who's an insurance professional, one of the skills that I have to have is I have to be a storyteller. I have to be in a positive way. Um, I have to be able to uh, describe a business in the most effective way to the insurance underwriters, and those are the folks that are actually offering quotes. John, I have to ask you a question. When you think of risk management, as respects uh, to what Greenlight Guru does. What's your definition of risk management?
1: Yeah, well, from a Greenlight Guru perspective, I would say, well, there's a couple of ways I can address this. The, the first and foremost is, the, the maybe the most obvious, is the uh, workflow that we have in the platform that's that's uh, structured for product risk management. Uh, and you know, I guess to get a little jargony or, or uh, you, use some terms and numbers, um, ISO, one, ISO 14971 is an industry standard for product risk management. So, you know, we have intentionally built workflows to help companies with uh, ISO 14971. I think there's another angle to it, too, from a risk perspective. I think Greenlight Guru mitigates uh, a lot of risk for companies as they operate, uh, especially with respect to, to quality systems, um, you know, like an audit. For example, an audit is an event that, as a medical device company, you will you will be exposed to. You will have probably numerous audits probably throughout the calendar year. And oh these, yeah, absolutely. And these can come from suppliers, they can come from customers, they can come from regulatory bodies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, the Greenlight Guru platform is a single source of truth where all where all of your documents, records. Are kept managed and maintained. We, you know, we've recently incorporated some AI and machine learning aspects with respect that. to that, visualize and, and some things, uh, you know, intelligent document management powered by Halo. And this actually shows a connection of the ecosystem. So that's a risk management uh, activity too, from more of a, a company perspective exactly. to, try to make sure that everything is where it needs to be. Uh, identifying the gaps or issues and, and those sorts of things to help streamline that. So, so if you think about that,
0: John, think about me as the person who has to represent um, a customer that is a customer of yours. If if I can show that their quality systems, that how they manage um, uh, their um, but Kappa management, I believe, in yeah. your space, that's in right. some of the other things you do, that there are processes and procedures in place, that there's a very sophisticated way that you're managing that information. John, that's very powerful information that I take right. and that I can then describe to the underwriter to say, look, we've got a company here that cares very, very much about their quality system. They've got um, some people who are dedicated to this. They use a very sophisticated uh, process in order to manage all this information. So what it does is it relieves um, subjectivity, perhaps, in the mind of the underwriter. And what's the output? You're going to get better terms and conditions. You're going to have people fighting over you as a customer if you can prove that you've actually gone through those kinds of uh, assessments. So that's why you know I I love working with companies like yours because you're making my job easier if I can describe to those underwriters you know how um, how much these guys actually care about quality and putting a great product on the table.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's and going back to the the personal life um, examples because I think there's a lot of parallels. I mean, if you've ever applied for for life insurance. Um, you're going to be asked questions about your lifestyle, you know, do you do do this? How old are you? And do you have any pre, you know, prior history and those sorts of things. So all of those things have, have influence on, on your risk, you know, and I think that's a great parallel um, from a business perspective, what you do or what you don't do is a representative of your risk profile to someone who, who might be underwriting and providing insurance.
0: A hundred percent. You know, John, many times insurance has been an afterthought. I mean, all you got to do is look at look at the television. Right. I mean, it's State Farm. It's it's all of these companies. I could do all the jingles for you if you'd like. But <laughs> if, if, I, if, I, if I just say one word, you're going to say, oh, I'll stay if I say <laughs> another. Oh, that's State Farm. So and what what is their premise? Get in touch with us and we're going to uh, competitively bid your business and we're going to save you some money. Well, in in the medical device field, it's a little more complicated than that. Um, It's not just, hey, let's go out and get 15 quotes. Why not improve your risk profile? Why not really make you a world-class submission for a guy like me that's able to tell um, that story, describe your business in a much higher level as a world-class organization, I can guarantee you that that's going to ring very uh, well with the insurance underwriters. You will absolutely positively always get a better outcome.
1: Well, and I, and I think this is important because I think a lot of times when, when a company is, is thinking about risk um, they are very, like I said at the beginning, very product centric, and you should be focusing on, on the risk of your product for sure. But you have right. to get it as a bigger picture. I mean, uh, it seems like this is more of an enterprise-wide type of, uh, of thing, right?
0: It is. I mean, your your area is going to help me tell a better story if, if as we do go back into that discussion of the enterprise risk discussion. I mean, look, there's human capital risk. There's turnover, training, employee engagement. Think about um, a remote. Uh, uh, how how remote we've been in the last hour whether you're overinsuring, whether you're underinsuring, how should you finance some of the risks that you have, life insurance benefits. I mean, just, there's just so many different kinds of risk. And what we're going to try to do is really help them figure out all those things. And then once we get to the point where we understand what they're really concerned about, I mean, look, if somebody wants me to sell them an insurance policy for every single risk, Believe me, I'm glad to do it. I've got a wife and four daughters. I need a lot of shoes and purses in my life. But <laughs> but but that's not going to, the only person that wins is me. I want the customer to be able to tell me what it is that they're really concerned about, what they're afraid of, and then let's put a plan in place. And let's figure out how we can make sure that you uh, achieve your goal, no matter what it might be.
1: Yeah, I think that's really smart. I mean... Um you know, it's you, you've got to balance all of these things. You know, depending on where you are in the company. But the thing that I think is really intriguing about all of this is there's actually a, a, a regulatory premise or, or foundation for this. I mean, if if you've read the recent, most recent version of ISO one i I'm sorry, one. Get my ISOs confused. ISO one three four <laughs> eight five, uh, the 2016 version. It, it introduced this concept or notion of risk based. Uh, approaches uh, for your quality system. And I know sometimes people are like, oh, it's just quality stuff. But to me, it's like, you know, a QMS is how I operate business as a business. And so if, and, and if I'm articulating and describing all of the key processes to operate my business and I'm doing so that's risk-based, well, then good, we're, we're speaking the right language.
0: You know, John, think about this in another um, standpoint. Let's think about, you know, the worst case scenario Fail for a CEO. Um, Unfortunately, their product caused bodily injury to someone. It really is, and I can guarantee you, because I've uh, been in these situations, it's devastating to a CEO or to a president of a company if injury actually occurs. Yeah, and you know, if if the CEO or the president is on the witness stand, right? If you're involved in some kind of litigation. And I'll never forget this. A plaintiff's attorney told me this story one time and, 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 and the CEO explained, he said, look, I followed all the FDA guidelines, right? And the attorney looked at him and said, is that all you did? <laughs> uh, so just because you have certain guidelines that you think you met that are the minimums, That doesn't mean that you've put yourself in a position where you can describe yourself as a world-class company. Don, it takes much more. And your company realized that a long time ago. That's why you do the training videos. That's why Highland does training. That's why we get uh, our employees uh, are required to do additional training. In in my area, uh, I have to, uh, or I insist that all the people who are in um, uh, my team are, are actually familiar with FDA. They're familiar with how products get out to market. They're familiar with um, a, lot of the, um, uh, a lot of the processes and procedures and, and what the life cycle looks like within a company so they can truly understand what it's like to be a world-class company. Um, but going above and beyond and making sure that you absolutely are doing everything you can to be the best company you can then I, I I look for those customers. I want those customers every single day, and I think you and I probably share that that same
1: belief. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I, uh, I think it's just you know it's important. I mean, I talked to so many companies who who have some really exciting technologies that you know, they will change the quality of life. I mean, there could be a day that someone I know personally is going to to need something. I hope not, but that's reality of life. Some Sometimes things happen. And I want to know that, that those products, like I had this, uh, I used to, there's times that I was in the the ER, you know, with a, you know, a kid for something, you know, relatively benign. And I found myself like looking over like this was earlier in my career. I still do it every time I'm in the hospital, but I would look (laughs) in in the ER room and I would see all the different uh, uh, medical devices that were there like, Oh, that's by this company. Oh, that's by this company. And some of them you're like, uh, that company has a lot of issues uh, with product safety, and this one eh, and that was not so good. Or oh wow, I was a, a consultant Absolutely. there. You know, so you kind <laughs> of do this. But I don't. I want to make sure that that you know, if there's some part that I can play, and some part that Greenlight uh, Guru can play in helping companies be cream of the crop, premium, uh, world class, best in class, high quality. Companies. That's that's what I want to try to do. If I can play a part, absolutely. In it. And and Jen, um, insurance
0: underwriters know this. They they um, subscribe to uh, FDA uh, announcements. They they know when a company gets into trouble. They understand when there's been an FDA inspection. They they know uh, if there are 483s that are coming up. I mean, they monitor this stuff very very carefully. So not only you and I are doing it, because I did the same thing. I started to smile and I thought you're sitting there in the doctor's office and you look around. Oh, wow. I actually was in a doctor's office the other day. and I said, holy cow, that's my customer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And you could smile and, and be proud about it, too, in that case, right? Oh, so 100%. Well, yeah. you know, ah,
0: oh, that's my customer. Yeah. No, I, I was very, because I, I knew the passion of that CEO and the CFO and all the people involved. Uh, That they they that's why they're sitting in that uh, uh, hospital room uh, or or doctor's office, because they do have a first quality product.
1: All right, Mike. So as we wrap things up today, I mean, one of the things that I picked up uh, from our conversation is that uh, it really doesn't matter what stage I am as a company. It's worth a phone call to, to, to Mike micromeans at Highland Absolutely. to learn a little bit more. And you can find out more about Highland by going to highland.com, H Y L A N T.com. Yes, yeah, uh, that's one way,
0: anyway, if, if I may. Yeah. Um, you can go to my LinkedIn page. Sure. So uh, if you just put Michael Crameens in there, I should come up uh, at the top. I actually have uh, my own personal webpage, which is dot com. So M I K E. C-R-E-M-E-A-N-S, uh it, it, uh it talks about me. It talks about my approach. It talks about a lot of the services that uh, uh, we offer, um, some of the engagements, what some of those things look like. Uh, so it's very easy to find me sure. uh, at those places. You can go to Highland.com. There's a section in there about life sciences. You can see a lot of my uh, white papers, blogs, uh,
1: and some of the life cycle presentations that I do. But
0: there's all kinds of ways to find me.
1: All right. So as we wrap up, what is one thing that, that uh, listeners should, should do like today on the topic of, of enterprise risk management? Do not do it as an afterthought.
0: Pick up the phone and talk to somebody. Get some information. I'm easy to deal with just, just call me. Even if you, even if you're not going to become a customer of mine, call me, see how I think, let me be able to give you some advice on what a contract, what a situation, what a problem looks like.
1: Just pick up the phone. Don't be afraid to call. All right. Well, folks, uh, I want to thank Mike Cremeans for being a guest today, Mike. It's great, uh, to, to reconnect on another episode of the global medical device podcast. Uh, you took me way back earlier, uh, reminding me that we might have uh, been in the single digits of, of episodes when we last. It was number nine, I
0: think, yeah, pretty amazing. all right. no, I'm thrilled to do it, John. Thank you for your business friendship. I love uh, hanging out with you guys, and I know we're probably going to see each other.
1: Uh, I think uh, pretty soon in a, yeah. another show, Absolutely. and uh, I'm looking forward to it. All right, terrific. Well, folks. Thank you, as always, for for listening and hopefully now watching the Global Medical Device podcast powered by Greenlight Guru. As always, this is your host and founder at Greenlight Guru, John Spear, and you have been listening to the Global Medical Device podcast.